You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 279 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's um, it's all happening. It's summer in Sydney and uh, it's a lovely time of year. It is. It's beautiful and uh, I, I'm so excited to have aircon in my office now. It's just been uh, oh, the highlight of my month. Yeah, it's mm. beautiful. What a change. What did I do without it? I don't I can know now function. why it took you this long. Well, get it, but anyway. it was a time when people were lining up with their yoga mats and towels at my front door going, can we come to your Bikram yoga studio? I'm like, no, it's actually my office. You can't just come here and have classes here. I know it's very hot and sweaty, but no, I've got work to do. So I got the air con and that's got rid of them all. Oh, yes. Well, I have been fairly hot and sweaty recently, despite the fact that I have aircon, because I have been going to inspections to check out um, a giant, giant five-meter art installation that I've designed, and that is going to be installed on Sydney Harbour. Um, at Circular Amazing. Like, so, yes. like, we can go and see it, Val? Yes, you can what come is and see it. it. So basically it's part of the exhibition of the Sydney Lunar Festival, yeah. which goes from the 25th of uh, – the whole festival goes from the 25th of um, January to the 9th of February. Yeah. But the art installations on the harbour will be – will start a few days later. I think about – I'm going to say – Oh, I need to look up the date. <laughs> Probably January um, 30th or thereabouts. All right, so end of Jan. And are yeah. these um, – the 30th, the 31st till the 9th of February. So basically these are giant art installations of the 12 animals of the Zodiac. Right. And so of the lunar Zodiac. Yeah. So it's the year of the rat. There's going to be a rat. There's going to be, you know, pig, um, uh, um, snake, yep. ox, monkey, monkey, all horse. sorts of yep, horse. And mine is the rooster. Rooster, so, yeah, it's a five meter, five um, meters, Val. Structure. That's amazing. Yeah, it should be fun. It's going to be right. It's going to be um. East Circular Quay, so on the side of the Opera House. All right. So hopefully if there's any uh, listeners that are in Sydney uh, or you happen to be travelling through Sydney, go and take photos. And please, if you do, photograph Valerie's giant rooster, uh, (laughs) or as I like to call it. My big cock. (laughs) Your big cock, Val. (laughs) Five-metre cock. That's fantastic. Um, Please take – now, is it best to – are these – Night, night shots or they lit up? Yeah, they exist in the daytime but they're absolutely stunning at night because yeah. they are lanterns. They're, they're oh, modern-day lanterns. Beautiful. And so it's like Vivid where they're all yeah. all of these, you know, giant structures, uh, uh, giant art installations are, are lit and yeah. um, so the whole of Circular Key comes alive at night. In addition to that, the, depending on the night you go on, there are LED lion dances. There's all sorts of festivities. So it's a wonderful photographic opportunity because you have these beautiful um, sculptures with yeah. the Harbour Bridge in the background or the Opera House and the lights of the city and it's it's gorgeous, you know, summer light Fantastic. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll have some listeners that will get out there and um, get some great shots and, uh, you know, 
probably a good time to go is like not not at night when in the sky is dark mm. but to get some color in the sky so just as the after sunset so you've got that blue sort of light and you do have a bit of detail in the background and then you've got these uh, lovely sculptures that you can capture the lights and uh, they'll look amazing so yeah please uh, go and take a shot of Valerie's giant cock I would love to see it uh, tag her and tag me in the um, uh, in the podcast group and uh, yeah I'm sure uh, we'd all love to see it congratulations Val so proud of you you're and amazing you want to find I out never more, thought that. if you want to find out more about the festival go to sydneylunafestival.com and or uh, you can just follow me on Instagram uh, just to get updates to see what's going on as well. But I'm very excited about uh, this week's topic, which is how to shoot relaxed and authentic portraits with guest Nick Boothman. Yes, But before yes. we get onto that, we have a shout-out to Jason McCoy. And Jason posted in our listener community. And, of course, if you are not yet a member of our listener community, make sure that uh, you join. It's free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. So many fantastic photographers, all walks of life from all over the world and specialising in all different things. So Jason posted... I take portraits of dogs at my, lo- at my local rescues and I see what a dog can do for someone who is getting up there in age. One of my closest friends was 73 years old and her husband had recently passed. After some convincing, I got her to adopt the sweetest German Shepherd. That dog changed her life. She gave her a reason to wake up in the morning. It gave her a schedule, somebody to walk with and most importantly, someone to love. That dog helped my friend through eight different cancers and helped keep her spirits high even on the worst days. In 2020, I will capture that love and help show the world how amazing rescue pets can be, especially to our senior citizens. And uh, we've also posted in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com, some of the images, um, some of Jason's images, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And I have to say, big props to you, Jason. I love rescue dogs. Yeah. um, And I love uh, the fact that you take photos of rescue dogs and anything I can do to support your project, I would love to do that. So make sure you let us know when when you do more of that in 2020. Absolutely love your photography. So, it is. So it's cute. beautiful it's and the beautiful. idea is fantastic and the whole project, all of it. Thank you for doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. And you've also been busy with the Gold Community, answering questions, doing Ask Me Anythings, yes. doing tutorials, haven't you? Yes, loving it. Love the uh, Ask Me Anything because it's like kind of like each one, it's interesting how um, I don't know if, if there's like this uh, collective thought that happens, but, but we kind of get like uh, similar questions coming in or there'll be a theme for each uh, Ask yeah. Me Anything. So it'll either be on uh, events or social media or uh, off-camera flash. But so it gives me the opportunity to then do a deep dive uh, in the Ask Me Anything and uh, really break down my thought process and techniques for uh, each particular type of style of shooting and then uh, obviously the gold members then have the opportunity to ask uh, questions and it's just I love uh, seeing when um, they get something you just let that light bulb moment where they go all right now I get it it's fantastic and then seeing them uh, really take off with their photography quite a highlight for me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold community. If you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd like to invite you to join my Gold community. I love mentoring members and many achieve so much more than they think is possible. Here's what Frank Romano had to say. When I called you and, and you were gracious enough to, to humour me and something magical happened that night and, uh, you know, uh, when you just showed me two or three things, my mind just went boom and I just said, yeah, this is, this, this is it, away we go. And um, the flame's been uh, roaring ever since. You know, I get up at six, uh, you know, six six thirty every day, and I would spend at least half an hour to an hour every day 
uh, learning uh, some mm. some skill, either a technical skill, a creative skill, uh, online listening to, uh, or you know, going through your uh, your tutorials. I've been through your tutorials many, many times, again mm. and again and again. Um, so, so. It's, it's, it's really a, uh, identifying, you know, and I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, aren't clear, well, you know, why, why are you actually doing this? What's your intention? And they're not totally focused and committed on that. But if you're totally focused and passionate about achieving that intention, then you'll focus your attention on those areas and, and you'll, you'll uh, achieve or you'll go looking for the skills. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which is how to shoot relaxed and authentic portraits with guest Nick Boothman. So, Gina, what can you tell us about Nick? All right, so uh, I first read uh, Nick's book, How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less, and I know I've talked about it many, many times on this podcast because this book was such a game changer for me, mm-hmm. and uh, I am so thrilled that uh, Nick agreed to come on the podcast and chat to us uh, about this book and his techniques. Now, th- what is fantastic about Nick is he was a photographer for 25 years of his life, and in working for the likes like a commercial photographer working for the likes of AT&T, Revlon and Coke. He's one of those people who had that elusive Coca-Cola contract, right? And he was photographing hundreds and hundreds of new faces every week. And so he quickly learnt um, a technique to uh, learn how he needed to learn how to connect with people and relax models. And so and he managed to uh, put all of this into uh, a fantastic book and for me this book was a game changer and I can still remember where I was when I finished reading it going oh my god my mind it has been blown and I actually believe that this book if you want to um, learn how to take more authentic uh, portraits uh, with you know of models and even families whoever you're taking uh, portraits of then this book is going to get you there because it's not a technical book about how to be a better photographer but it teaches you how to connect with anyone so you can use that for you know networking and also uh, taking photos so that's why I loved it so uh, he he goes in in this interview uh, he generously shares so many fantastic tips he talks about his life as a fashion photographer and just how he broke into photography is such a fantastic story in itself but also uh, he teaches us uh, the importance of making a a good first impression and uh, little things things like why it's important to notice the color of someone's eyes and also synchronizing with their body language, finding common ground. And also he has one of the best smile hacks I've ever heard in my life. So like listen out for that one because it is so simple, but it is a complete game changer and heaps, heaps more. So shall we have a listen? Absolutely. Here is Nick Boothman. Nick Boothman, welcome to the show. How are you going? Great. Thanks. For, uh, I'm going well. I've had a crazy day and I'm thrilled to be here and I've been really looking forward to this. Me too. Um, like, I look... Your book, How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less, I can still remember the where I was and what I was doing when I first read that book and everything that you said in that book just spoke to me on connecting hacks and how to get better portraits. And I think, I believe this book is a Bible for photographers. And if you want to take your portrait photography to the next level, I reckon this book, you must read this book. You're, you're just a master at connecting. And so what I want to know, like before we start, where in the world are you? Is the question I always ask my um, guests. I'm living, I live now on a farm in Canada, about 100 kilometers east of Toronto, on the side of a valley with rolling hills. And as of about seven o'clock this morning, we have gone from grass to three feet of snow. Wow, how beautiful. You're gonna, wow, that's gorgeous. So nice. Beautiful, beautiful looking out. <laughs> Fantastic. I was gonna say, but it's bloody cold out there. Uh, I, 
I can't relate. We're uh, we're in our summer here, so um, yeah, yeah, it's c- completely different. But um, what you're known as a best-selling uh, author and speaker, but before that, you were a photographer for 25 years, and like you worked with companies like Revlon, Coca-Cola. I've never met a photographer who worked for Coca-Cola, so that's exciting. And you had to shoot like hundreds of people every week. So I think was it there that you learned your connecting skills? Yeah, I guess it was. I, I, um, I, you know, I, 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 I got into photography for probably I don't know if it was the right reason or the wrong reason, um, and just learnt as I went along. But I, I guess it seemed pretty easy to me just to start connecting, to get in their skin. I mean, I, I only shot models. I didn't shoot dead things and fruit and fruit and stuff like that, or, or, or you know, countrysides. I, I only cared about people, and I had a such a feeling for elegance and dignity. I love dignity and elegance. And so it was just, it's kind of natural. And I, I learned, uh, I learned how to, to do it. Well, look, I got into photography because I couldn't get a girlfriend. Okay. I was not a very attractive, <laughs> attractive child. And I thought, you know, I, t- I tried singing in a band and that was all right, but didn't go too well. I thought, you know what, if I'm a fashion photographer, I'm going to find all kinds of birds, you know, cause I was, I was like not a very good looking guy. I'm not, <laughs> Very good-looking guy. Anyway, and uh, and then, but shortly after I got into it, I met my wife Wendy, who'd been uh, modeling for Yves Saint Laurent and Pierre Belmont in Paris, and opened the first model agency in Iberia. Wow. Fell truly, madly, deeply in love with her, and I thought, oh goodness, now what? <laughs> Mission accomplished. Wow! But, uh, so it worked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely worked, and. Uh, but but I, I I got it. Not that you asked me, but I, can I tell you how I got into it? Of course. It? Okay, I was I, um, I ended up for being married with my first wife. I ended up in Cape Town, South Africa, um, penniless because we I gone over with an offer of a job which fell through, and um, so I had to find something really quick. So I talked my way into the Cape Times, the morning newspaper, and said, and said "Look, I can sell advertising for you, um, but um, and, and I'll make you enough money to pay me. Just give me a week to prove it." And, you know, desperation being the greatest driver in the world, um, I just didn't stop. And and but on the end of the first week, the, the the ad manager came in and he said, I need to volunteer. And I thought, oh, God, I put my hand up. Anything to get out of this room with 30 guys all smoking. Yeah. And I went I went into his office and he said he opened this big broadsheet of a newspaper out in front of me. and said, we do this fashion supplement um, uh, twice a year, and this was back in the days when broadsheet was big. You know, yeah. it was like four feet across. Yeah. He said, but the, but the advertisers don't like it. I want you. You're young. You, I was like twenty or something. He said, yeah. you go out. I want you to go out, go out and find out why they don't like it. I said, I can tell you what's wrong with it right now. He said, well, what's that? I said, the photographs are terrible. I could take better pictures than that. And he said, are you sure? I said, of course I could. And and he said. Uh, he said, okay, hang on. And he said, I said, yes. He got on the phone. He phoned somebody. Turned out he was speaking to the fashion editor. And he's blah, blah, blah. And she said, okay, you're on. I thought, great. Left his office. Went downstairs. Thought, what am I going to do now? I don't I've never even how the hell the camera. I don't know anything about photography. So, and we were broke. So I, on the way, on the, on the train home, I had seen a pharmacy near what the apartment I lived in, near the railway track, with you, it was a pharmacy selling used cameras. And I walked in and said, um, oh, sorry, 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 I got ahead of myself. No, so what I did was I thought, I'm going to hire a photographer. So right. I, I found this guy who, who was, was a wedding photographer and I went into his studio, never seen a studio before, went into his studio. Anyway, I said, look, this is the, we got the best hairdresser, the best stylist, the magazine was, the newspaper was going to pay for it. We took the pictures, but they came out with my name on it, photos by Nick Boothman. Because right. I told the models what to do. Then I get a phone call from Fair Lady magazine, which is the biggest women's magazine in South Africa, and it probably still is. And the guy said, my name's Sydney Baker. I saw your pictures in the Cape Times. I'd like you to come and do a spread for us. And I thought, what am I going to say? I, can't, if I, I thought then, in my innocence, if I say I didn't take them, it might like, like be a big expose, you know, newspaper yeah. lies, photographer didn't really take pictures. So I said, well, I'm really busy. And he said, well, he said, we, we, uh, we shoot about you know, about three months, we plan it three months ahead. I said, I'm sure you can fit it in. And I said, this is me at my desk at the Cape Town. I said, well, I'm, I'm actually very expensive. Right. And he said to me, 
said to me, I get this, at the time, I was earning 65 rand a week. Doesn't matter what a rand was, but it was certainly, it was, you couldn't live on it. Right. And, and he said to me, well, we're not the biggest payers in the world, but we want you to shoot eight pages and we pay 300 rand a page. Oh, my God. like a flash in my head. I thought, that sounds like a year's wages to me. What? So I said, yes. And we planned it. Then I thought, then I thought, what am I going to do? Well, I went back. I, then I remember this pharmacy near where I lived, and he had used cameras in the window. So I walked in and said, "Hey, I'm going to be doing a photo shoot for Fair Lady magazine, and uh, I need a camera." Anyway, he ended up selling me a twin lens Raleigh, right? And uh, and I thought, and, and it turned out to be the most fantastic camera ever for 65 rand. That was in the used one. And then I said to him, "Okay, so now." What exactly, what exactly do I do with it? That's he said, crazy. well, you need film to put in it. So he showed me some film. And then I said, OK, I said, what about exposure? He said, it's in the instructions of the film. Oh, no. so, so I go away and I'm reading it. I think, I don't know what to do. And then then this guy, Sidney Baker, phones me about four weeks before the shoot. He said, he said, uh, we, uh, I forgot to tell you, we have a three to one shadow clogging problem. And I'm like writing this down, three, two, one. And he said, I said, oh, that's all the time. And then, so <laughs> then I went, I scooted up to the pharmacy with a bit of paper. Said, this is what he said. We've got a three to one shadow. He said, oh, you need a flash. I said, oh no. I said, look, oh, this is already God. complicated. Anyway, he sold me an old flash gun. He'd had a, he had a, I said, what do I do with the flash? He said, you put it on a, on a stand and put it like eight feet away from the model. I said, look, I haven't got a stand. I got no more money. In the window, he had a display, which was a music stand. He took the music oh stand out of the window, took the thing that held the music off the top, said, get a rubber band, That's tie the crazy. flash to that, point it at the boat. Anyway, the pictures came out, and I became a fashion photographer. Then I shoot, started shooting all over the world. That's <laughs> crazy. That's how yeah. Well, you know, it's like desperation is the mightiest driver exactly. of all. I was desperate. Yeah. And I met some great people. For sure. So you did that for like 25 years. How did you get into the speaking gigs and and writing books from there? Okay. Okay. Well, I was, uh, I was, um, I got jaded. I mean, I mean, I was shooting for tons of clients. I was making a lot of dough and was doing really well. Five kids, the glamorous life and all this sort of thing. But, you know, I was, I was I was so fed up with it. I was so fed up with putting clothes pegs in the back of garments on beautiful people. You know, you can make anyone look good. And this was film. I'm never digital. Right. I never used digital. But it was a lot of nightmares bracketing and hanging around the labs and yeah. things. But, but but then one day I got a call and somebody said, um, they said, uh, we'd like you to. I would get asked sometimes to go and talk about photography. Um, and I know I'd learned by doing, uh, I never learned it. I never was, you know, given any lessons. I just learned by figuring it out. But, but the, the North York camera club in Toronto said, would you come and give a talk to our people about photography, about what you do? I thought, sure. Then I thought, well, this is the, probably the richest, one of the richest suburbs in Toronto. I'm guessing it's going to be doctors, lawyers, people with lots of money, all dressed up like Rambo in fishing jackets with lenses sticking out of their, their things and filming their, their whatever, tripods over their shoulders. Uh, so what am I talk, going to talk about? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk about five minutes of photography and 55 minutes of how to get people to relax and, and to go to shoot them on camera, how to connect with people. Yeah. And just shoot. And I did. At the end of it, three people came up to me, a doctor, a teacher and someone who trains airline personnel and said, can you come and do this for my staff? Not the bit with the photography, the rest of it. I said, I went home that night, said to Wendy, I've got a new job. No more hanging around, flying around the world with models and garments, no more standing on the beach in some glamorous location at <laughs> five in the morning. The male models have got headaches. The female models have been sleeping with the head waiters. It's pissing down <laughs> with rain. No, I'm going to be a speaker. So the next morning she said, what are you going to do about it? I said, I don't know. She said, well, what if you had to photograph a speaker speaking to an audience? I said, well, I guess I'd hire a speaker and hire a place and I'd get some people in there. I said, why don't you do that? By 11.30 that morning, I'd rented half the ballroom at our local Holiday Inn, phoned all my friends and clients and said, I'm doing a speech on establishing rapport. It's 28 bucks. You've got to come and you've got to bring everyone you can. Well, 85 people came. Amazing. And that was it. That was it. That's a new career. And then 
uh, it, it got started. It wasn't working so well for a while. I thought, you know, something's missing here. This is crazy. I thought, you know what? I need a bestseller with a killer title. And my wife says, well, if that's what you want, you better write one. I said, I can't. I've never, I can't even. Still can't type properly. So she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, you know what? And I'm actually in the room right now where I made the promise. I'm sitting at a different place. I said, I said to her, okay, I won't get dressed until I've written 1,500 words every day. And so exactly what I did. I sat here and I, I would have to write. But here's, your people are going to love this. They're not going to believe this. At one point when my wife went away, I had this clunky old computer yeah. in all sorts of parts whirring. I said, I need a laptop. I need a laptop. This is crazy, so I can write anywhere. So Wendy was away. I took, and occasionally people would phone me and say, Nick, uh, so I was going broke at the time. I was going yeah. broke. I had five kids, yeah. and I wasn't doing any photography. I'd said I wouldn't. But people would phone me and say, Nick, I'll give you a shoot just half a day. What are you doing writing a book? So I'd go. And like this is 20 years ago, I, I'd like make 5,000 bucks in yeah. four hours. And I think, why am I writing a book? Anyway, I'd get, so one day I thought, hell with this. I went into downtown Toronto. I found a laptop new for 1800 bucks. I took my Hasselblads, which were at the time insured for 35,000 yeah. bucks. And as everybody listening knows, Hasselblads don't go down in price. No. I, and I went into a store and I, where I knew they got half the guys who worked that had been my assistants. And I said, I want to sell my cameras. And they were like, Nick, what are you talking about? I said, I, I'm, I'm out of it. I want to sell my cameras. Oh, okay. I said, fine. Well, we'll put them in the window and you should get full whack for them. I said, no, no, I want to sell them right now. I said, how much do you want? And I said, 1800 bucks. I said, Nick, this is a guy who worked for me. He said, Nick, used to work for me. He said, Nick, please, please. He actually opened the case and took out the prism and said, Nick, this prism's worth 1800 bucks. Wow. I got 50 mil, 150 mil. Yeah. I got all the bags. I had an SWC. I had everything in there. He said, Nick, please go for a walk around the block. So I went for a walk around the block. And I came back. He said, well, I, said, I want the money now. And he gave me 1800 bucks. I walked, bought the laptop. So I traded in one tool of my trade for another yes. tool of my trade. And I started writing my books until I had a book. That's amazing. What a great story. Uh Look, normally I would be really sad to hear a f about a photographer, you know, selling their camera to do uh, something else. But in your case, we got this gift of your book that has obviously changed so many lives, mine included, like it that changed the way that I approached a shoot after I read your book. And you said earlier that you did this talk where you spoke to photography students and you talked uh, five minutes about technique and 55 minutes about how to connect, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. And like, I believe that when I'm doing a shoot and this is like, but this, I, I made this uh, discovery after I read your book that it's 5% technique and 95%, you know, getting that person, getting that connection. And that's what makes Absolutely. a great portrait. So this is your, um, you're an expert in this field. So this is what I want to chat to you about. So, um, You've, and you've obviously learnt this from in the thousands of people that you've worked with. So um, let's let's just talk about what what goes on when you meet people and uh, how important it is in that that first uh, initial meeting to to make a good impression. So what what is it that um, affects the kind of impression that you make when you meet a person? Well, you know, I got this in my first book. I, I modelled it from experience and from people I'd seen. You know what? I modeled a lot of the excellence from hairstylists, um, makeup artists and stylists. Wow. They, like a photographer, they go and they meet strangers. I mean, hairdressers and makeup artists and stylists, they meet complete strangers, touch them and do stuff with them. Yeah, it's you know, very intimate, goodbye. isn't it? It, it is very intimate, them. yes. Of course it is. You watch a good stylist, you watch, and, and I coined the term, the term, they assume rapport with people. They talk to them like they're their long lost cousin or they, have, they saw them just yesterday. You watch a good hairstyle, it's a good makeup. Even in TV studios, the ones that work there, someone walks and you sit down and they're off yapping about something, you know, with you and, and you're talking. They assume rapport. They also, I also learned that it takes, it's a good idea to synchronize your body language with them, which is perfectly natural, which is what we do with, 
you know, when I say synchronized, you know, it, it, I mean, think about it. Like we become chameleons. If if you're talking to to a baby, we tend to lean over and go, oh, you know, that's a cute, like, mm. isn't that nice, and that sort of stuff. That's just that's just assuming rapport with a child. Right. If we talk to an old granny, it's like, oh, old granny, come on, sit down, we'll get you a cup of tea. You you modify your your attitude and your body language and your words to suit them. So that's all we do. We just assume rapport. Just start talking to somebody. Synchronize your body language. I always synchronize body language with models because I want them to do if they ain't doing what I want them to do I'll I'll show them I'll stand by the camera waving moving my arms around stretching my neck yes moving my head I mean what I'm doing is not very pretty what they're doing is very pretty yes you know and very relaxed and you know they feel immediately because I don't take myself seriously I, I I'm not intimidating in any way not certainly not consciously and they very quickly realize that so I just but I did. I learned most of this from the, the models and the, head, the, the hairdressers and the stylists. You know, they're working with different people every hour of every day. They're All really right. cool to watch. Let, let's break that down to, to see how that would look when you meet with people. And I love that you say that uh, synchronizing your body language and like the best way, I believe, to direct someone is to get in there and do it and show them. And that, that is instant um, connection there because that they see you, you know, trying and you've, you've matched their body language, I guess. So and they'll sync well, with you. Yeah, it's in the, in working with the model. It's like looking in a mirror for them. I'm mm. just sort of, you know, if I stretch my head up and say, look, you know, because I'm, I'm very big in fashion. I'm very big on innuendo. You're right. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's 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 all it, for me. It all comes down more or less to the shoulders and the neck and the and the tilt of the head. Was I, I I photograph. I, I ended up doing a lot of menswear, which drove me mad because, you know, I'm. I don't want to photograph men. I want to photograph women. Right. Um, because that, because I, I, you know, I relate to them, and I love them. You know, in the nicest possible way. Yeah. Um, but but so I would just do the stuff, you know, and I would feel it myself, and they would feel it. I probably looked like a complete idiot, so they felt more relaxed, you know, and uh, and that's what I would do if I wanted them to. But but you know, but then again, really good models. You don't have to do anything except encourage them a, a, around to yeah. to. To, to doing it your way but you're still chipping uh, it, around and drawing out you know the the best totally. of them even and and sort of um i i i noticed that um even models can go into uh autopilot and so sometimes you've got to slap out that, that they'll have their 20 regular poses that they do and sometimes you need to sort of you know oh. get that out of them and and uh get them off yeah. autopilot basically but on that point of um getting that uh, synchronization even when you're trying to get someone to smile you know uh, th just the smiling at someone they can't help but smile back right yeah but i i, I one things i've learned with 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 smiling i learned a long in fact in my speech on connecting i mean i what i tell people is that not all professional models have a great smile but they have a trick and the trick is they say the word great I in English, yes. in bursts of three. Great, 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 great. So what I say is when I used to walk on, the model would come on the set and the hairdresser would go, great, great, great. The model would go, great, great, great. The stylist would go, great, great. Before you know it, they're all saying, great, great, great. And their eyes are smiling and everyone's up because it's a great word. Saying it in crazy voices. Yes. And so it's much easier. I mean, even, even I, did, I did for my best friend, I did a family portrait about six months ago. They had about 28 members of their family, grandchildren, kids, and it was in the garden. I got one shot at it on my cell phone. I had every single person, it was uncanny, Everyone was on camera. Everyone looked amazing. And they were, I had said to them, okay, when I say great, 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 you say great, great, great. They went, great, 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 great. And every single one of them, his eyes open, smiling eyes, mouth open on camera, just by saying, getting people to say great, great, great. It's and it really best, works. It, it is. It's the best hack. And uh, just for the listeners, when, when you finish listening to this podcast, go and look at yourself in the mirror and uh, do, do the test. Uh, first, just go say cheese and look in the mirror and particularly notice your eyes and then do it again saying great and notice that you've got the smile but it's also connected in the eyes the eyes will will, will go up they'll crinkle in the white right way and there'll be someone home in the eyes and it puts a light in the eyes it's it's probably one of the greatest <laughs> hacks for getting a, a, a genuine, authentic smile out of someone. So I absolutely love that. Fantastic. It's, a, it's also a great word. One, one of the things which was quite funny, though, in, in the foreign editions of my 
by of that book. That book's been translated into way more than 30 languages now. But but some of them, when because my publisher, well, that the way you get foreign rights of a book is the publisher takes them to, normally to the Frankfurt Book Fair and publishers from all over the world come and they buy the rights. And I did try to tell them at the beginning, look, when it comes to, cause, and they take them away, they translate them. Yeah. Said, whatever you do, when it comes to great, 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 on the put to say that's you have to say it in English because it doesn't work in whatever language you got. Right, and yeah. I know the I know the Portuguese version because I happen to speak Portuguese. I lived there for a long time. In Portugal, great means is spelled. It's like Optimo, O P T I M O. So they they write they wrote it. Say Optimo three times. Optimo, Optimo, Optimo. So it looks like you're about to throw up. So so you have to say it in English and you have to do it in bursts of three. Fantastic. That's so good. So just backing up a little bit, um, this uh, what goes on, like you've, you've got some fantastic um, stats that you talk about when it, that initial meeting, that first 90 seconds, uh, making a connection, why is it so important that you get that down and you don't like, like when you're meeting someone, so as a photographer, you meet the model for the first time or you're meeting the family that you're photographing for the first time. A lot of photographers are so busy fiddling with their gears and messing with the lights you know, the, the, the people will come and they might, you know, hold up a hand and go, hey, guys, uh, I'll, I'll mm. be with you in a minute. How important is establishing that connection early on? What, what goes on? What's the uh, science and psychology behind that first meeting? I, I don't think it needs to, to sound that complicated. It's the fight or flight response, for one thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, the fight or flight response. Uh, do people trust you? Do they feel are you charming or alarming? Is how I like to say it. And you know, if you if you you build trust by doing look the things I tell them to do. Look them in the eye, smile, and open your body language. Well, that's in my other books. In the book you got, it's open eye beam, eye lean. I think I wrote down. Just look them in the eye and smile. Yep. I mean that 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 takes about half a second. You know something? But here's here's a little tip, or a little truth. We decide how we feel about someone in the first two seconds of seeing them. Right. Um, if we like them, we tend to see the best in them. If we don't like them, we tend to see the worst in them. Right. It's that simple. Yep. But if I titled my book, How to Make People Like You in Two Seconds or Less, no. I mean, already people thought it was loony to title it 90 seconds or less, but it is only two seconds. Wow. It's the first two seconds, someone walks in. And you know, I can tell you what we would do when I had my big studios. I, I, look, at one point I had studios, I had a studio at the, simultaneously in Lisbon, Madrid, New York, Montreal, uh, uh, in London, right. and uh, London. and I would fly around to all these studios. But sometimes we'd have uh, go sees. Yeah. Um, I, I guess. And you know what? I would there be. I didn't want to ever do them on my own. So I get a, a couple of clients or mates or whatever. So we just Friday afternoon, nice and easy going. But you know what? They the the as if someone walked into the room, it didn't take two seconds to know I can make money off this person or not. You know what? Even so, someone some would come in with great big portfolios, and they've done this, they've done that, or the other. Or I remember so many times, some girl would peer around the door, like almost, you know, half nervous. She'd look around the door and say, "Can I come in? No pics or anything." I say, "You're on. I'm using you," because they were charismatic. Right. Uh, you could t- you could tell you could tell the moment you slapped eyes on them whether. Whether I'm sorry, you can't use words like slap today. The moment one, <laughs> moment one took them in or saw them, um, you say this this person's great. It's it's that fast, right? Uh, and we make those decisions. So people would come in and and and, and models would come in and sh- or assistants would come in and show their portfolios. The, 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 once or twice in my life as a photographer, I actually approached professional photographers and asked them for tips. Once is because I was I had a restaurant in Portugal and a disco in Portugal for quite a while, and there were a couple of New York photographers there. And one night, and they were pretty famous at the time, they were doing big stuff. Uh, one night, one of them came in. I said, "Look, man, <laughs> cringe. You know, I'm going to be a photographer one day." And uh, and uh, I said, "Got any advice?" He said, "Yeah, never accompany a photograph with words." Otherwise, you've lost it. And I, and I remembered it when these people came in and said, oh, well, you know, th- th- this, they showed me a picture in their portfolio and said, you know what, it just started raining just at the moment we started shooting. Or, you know, the, the stylist didn't get my garment pressed properly. Or, uh, you know, the shoes were too tight. They're all, don't make excuses. Don't, do not accompany a photograph with words. Just show it. If it works, it will work on its own. That's a great, that's a great tip. Yeah, um, you know, because you're a pro, you don't need to, you don't need to start making excuses why it's not, why it could have been better. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? So just let it speak for itself, because there's yeah, a, make like it, there's make a, it, 
tendency to fill the uh, silence. People speak and just fill the empty silence, blah, 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 you know? No, let, synchronize with you. Take your portfolio, and if you, if you, if people still do that, mm. I'm guessing now people go online. But what you take your portfolio in, you put look. Hey, now I'm telling you this. I haven't shown a portfolio to anybody in 25 years, but yeah. I'm guessing if someone came to me, just stick it down, look comfortable, you know, uh, and and uh, and let me look at it. And you know, I don't want you yakking at me. I mean, I can figure stuff out for myself, you know. And I uh, and so that that's my advice. Just just keep quiet. Don't make certainly don't make excuses about the There is no excuse uh, for 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 uh, for an imperfect exposure or for an out of focus photograph. There is no excuse for it unless now, you did it on purpose. A lot a lot of photographers uh, that I I speak to uh, are introverted, and there is a fear of uh, approaching a, a stranger to photograph them, or even working with new people. And often, even the thought of uh, making eye contact can feel. Um, a little bit overwhelming. So what advice have you got for someone? Because you, you say that like making that initial eye contact is very important when you're meeting someone and obviously saying great as you smile so that you, you, you know, your, your body language is open and friendly. Uh, for, for introverted types, what advice have you got to help them uh, like teach themselves how to connect better? Well, for, as far as eye contact goes, just notice the color of the, the eyes of the person that yeah, you're meeting that. or speaking to. I mean, that's enough eye contact. Just see what yes. color they are. I, I, one of the companies I spoke for not too long ago was, I think, Toyota Motors in the States. I spoke at one of their annual conventions. And I said to them, you know, um, uh, I was telling them how I spoke to a, to a hotel chain in Chicago and they knew they had trouble doing eye contact. I said, just tell these staff you're doing a competition to see if you serve more blue-eyed or brown-eyed customers. They forced them to look at the eyes. Right. And, then, and then not long after that, Toyota, on the forms of their service department, underneath the customer's name, there was a little box with customer's eye color. And that was enough. It just forces you to look into the eyes of the customer for a split second. That's enough. You know, too much... Uh, smiling and too much eye contact is incredibly creepy. Um, so it, it's just a split second. But one thing, let me just say one thing about introverted and shy and all that sort of thing. First of all, there is no such thing as shy. Nobody was born shy. It's not a human attribute. They were probably born cautious or reserved, which are very good things. I want my airline pilot and my doctor to be cautious and reserved. The only reason anybody knows that they're shy is because somebody told them. You know, when little Willie's growing up and someone says to Willie's mum, oh, I want to invite Willie here. I want to invite him to a party. And Willie's mother says, yeah, but you know, he's shy. Well, he's also listening. OK. And um, and so that's how there is no such thing as shy, introverted, uh, sorry, cautious and reserved. And as far as introverted or extroverted goes, in most relationships are made up, and mine included, of a loud mouth like me. Uh, who talk to anybody and remember nothing except, of course, what I'm talking to you about, or somebody like my wife, who is far more private and cautious, will speak to three or four people, and they will think she's so charismatic and she'll remember everything. It's perfectly normal. Most successful relationships are made up, for lack of a better word, of an introvert and an extrovert. Yeah. So. Anyone who calls themselves an extrovert, they just have a bit more discretion than guys like me, I think, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, I, I think that kind of label, you know, I'm a photographer, but I'm an introvert. No, you're not. You're a photographer and you're just being careful. Here's what you do. My book, uh, although it's not, it's not official, but How to Make People Like You, is recommended by the Asperger's Society of America. Um, for those are people who are what we might call socially blind. Yeah. The society can't recommend it because I do not have a doctorate. Right. But uh, amongst the, the members and people who have kids, because I don't say smile to people and I don't say make eye contact. I say, say great and notice what color their eyes are. Yes. Someone with Asperger's can do that. Um, the rest is way too abstract. And these are simple things, simple things that a photographer does. So to get back to your question, what does somebody who may be a little cautious or a little nervous do when a model comes in? Look him in the eye, say, great, 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 <laughs> and, and, and assume rapport. Just stand like they stand or lean like they stand or go down to the speed that they're moving in just for a little while. And they're going to think in their mind, 
I don't know what it is about this person, but there's something I really like. Well, sure, you're being a little bit like them. And it's perfectly natural. That's how babies learn their people skills as they're growing up, by synchronizing the body language and the words and the way they sit and the way they hold the knife and fork from the people they're growing up with who surround them. It's human, it's natural. Fantastic. All right, let's let's bring that all together. Um, so a photographer doing a portrait shoot, uh, you talk about uh, the body language and uh, tone of voice and then the words you use having a, a different impact on your model. So let's just go through. So um, you say that uh, it's 55% body language, right? Important. No, that's not yeah. me that says that. that, that that's uh, Albert Morabian who did the biggest study of its kind right. in face-to-face communication. 55% comes from what we see, yeah. Right, and then, then it's uh, voice tone and then only 10% is like the words you use. So um, for me, that's like it doesn't matter what you say to the model. It's more about how you say it and the tone that you deliver it with. So, you know, if you're say like let's run through. So the photographer standing behind the camera how, how can we present ourselves in the best way to get the most out of uh, the model? So we're, we're mirroring the body language, right? What about voice tone? Um, can you talk about that, the importance of the tone of voice? Sure, sure. But before I do that, or including that, look, what we respond to when we see someone for the first time is actually their attitude. It's right. your attitude at the beginning of an encounter more than anything else that drives your behavior and other people's behavior. An attitude is made up of body language, voice tone, and the words we use. Right. The reasons that, 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 that there are so many great actors out there, most of them from your part of the world, um, <laughs> is because they're what we call congruent. Their words, their voice tone, and their body language are all saying the same thing. Um, uh, mixed messages uh, are really scary to people because it doesn't make doesn't make sense if someone is smiling at you when they're angry. I had a woman came up to me once and said, "I don't. What can I do? My kids keep saying, Mum, why are you angry all the time?'" I said, "I'm not angry. I'm excited." They said, "Well, you sure look angry." You know, it's just that's what they're giving off. So uh, if you adjust your attitude, and I talk about really useful attitudes and really useless attitudes, not positive or negative, when you're when you're connecting with a model or someone, a client in the studio, a really useful attitude could be resourceful, um, enthusiastic, curious. These are really useful attitudes. If you just put that on before you connect with someone, your voice and your words and everything will come out that way. Um, but on the other hand, if you're bored, rude or hostile or appear that way, you'll drive people away. Talking to somebody with your arms folded and your, you know, your legs crossed or not looking at them, you come across as hostile or rude uh, or bored. You may not be. I have people all the time say, oh, when people get to know me, they really like me. Well, you know what? That's great for your family and your next door neighbor and anybody else who can't escape you. But, you know, when it comes to, to, to dating or being a photographer or, or, or connecting in business, you don't have that luxury. You just have to adjust your attitude and feel. So think of an attitude that you can do well. Think of a time when you maybe felt enthusiastic or curious or empathetic or laid back and just dive into that when you meet someone and, and just act that way and you know what your attitude doesn't just drive your behavior it drives their behavior as well yeah that's so true and it's so important so we really you really need to get yourself in the right mindset to do a shoot and get everything out all your troubles everything that's what you put that aside for the time that you're with that person and then uh, I, you, you're all in 100% present for the shoot and uh, totally. enthusiastic and excited and you'll get a great image back and it took me a long time to work this out because I had a good strike rate I would get good portraits but there was always you know maybe 30 30% that I couldn't get and then I often blamed the model I'm like well it wasn't a good model that day and then I realized no there are techniques that I can use and if I work harder I can get uh, a much higher success rate so I think that's uh, that's so important and 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 the the, the tone of voice as well um, yeah, as you're speaking yeah. you you want to be uh, that sort of uh, enthusiastic and uh, and mean it I yeah. guess yeah. One thing, uh, however, you know, I, I, I've since seen a lot of photographers work and I'm probably one of the few. I never had music playing in the studio. And I know lots of them like music and I know the models like music. But I, did, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't compose shots. 
yeah. um, with with music going. I mean, I could, I would love it whilst the hairdressers are taking forever to get the makeup yeah. taking forever to get them ready, and I'm climbing the walls. But but then I just like to get it's kind of intimate, and let's get it over with quickly. You know, I was I was um, uh, before we went on the air, I was mentioning to you that that um, I did a little project out where I live because I I. I as I told you, I got rid of my Hasselbads more than 20 years ago, and I didn't own a camera until just a couple of years ago when I was so sick of people, um, not sick of, I was just crazy of people in the city saying, you live where? You live on a farm? Yeah. Well, you know, skids out there, and, you know, I don't know if skids is a word in Australia, but, <laughs> but in, in Canada, skid is like someone, you know, a bit scuzzy. Yeah. And I said, I said, I've met more beautiful, or as many beautiful people around my farm and in these little villages as I have whilst I worked as a fashion photographer in Toronto, you're right. It's okay, you know what, I'll prove it. And so I I, I, I phoned, actually I phoned my brother-in-law in England, who's a photographer, said, hey, what's a good camera to take portraits on, you know? <laughs> like go again, 35, this is a common theme 30, with you. <laughs> 35 mil, he said, well, what's 35 mil? I said, well, I, you know what I mean? He said, get a Canon 5 EOS or something. I said, yeah. okay. And I said, so now what about a lens? He said, well, I don't know. He said, an 80 mil Canon lens is a beauty. I said, okay, fine. I said, uh, so I, I, I got the camera. And um, and then I re we recruited from the village. I just put the word out to some of the ladies in the village or whatever. So I want a bunch of people. I'm going to photograph them, make them look like a million bucks. I'm going to make them look like they stepped out of Vogue magazine. And uh, and uh, so we got them, and they came up here. And I said, look, I, they would say, how long will it take? I say, look, once we've got done their hair and the makeup, and and I've got no one here to do hair. And if they do, if they can't do their own makeup, my wife will slap some lipstick on them. And so, but after that, less than 20 minutes. So uh, they came up one in dribs and drabs, and and um, and I uh, I photographed them. And uh, and if you go to my website, yeah. which is Nicholas boothman.com and you click on the about button uh, and scroll down to the bottom you'll see the pictures I took and then if you click on the big picture it will take you through pretty cruel of me actually to the before and after shots and you can see what they look like I said sit down before we do anything I'm just going to take a picture of you and and then and then I said and then we took the pictures but and there are a bunch of pictures there. They're in the same place on yes. before and the after shots, and um, and and I've written a little bit about who they were. I mean, the, yeah. the fact that I have to say the woman, the second woman in from the top row on the right, yeah, she is a police officer with seven children. Amazing. Uh, hello. Yeah, 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 and we have we have I've written down what they were. All kinds of people, quite a few of them had no brought no clothes with them, and some of them are wearing Wendy's clothes or my daughter's yeah. clothes. One of them's even wearing my shirt and tie. Um, uh, some of them had never put makeup on before, so Wendy put the makeup on for them. And but in twenty minutes or less, we took these amazing pictures. And looking at them, because you asked me about portraits, and yes. One of the th one of the things that I I figured very early on is that the, that you can either take a passport shot, however you want to dress it up to look like a portrait, or you can take a fashion style shot. And the difference is in a passport shot, your shoulders are even. In a groovy fashion shot, your shoulders are always odd. And if you look at those two, I'm looking at them now, actually. If you're looking at those two sets of pictures, yeah. you'll notice in the fashion ones, it's all in the shoulders and the neck and the, and the, and the, and the position of the head or the eyes. Uh, and that's really, really, that's more important than feeling nervous about meeting somebody is sit them down and find a way to get their shoulders working. Yes. And you can do that yourself by the, I don't know, the way you hang on to your tripod or lean on the chair next to you or, or get them to stand. I, I would often say to the model, hey, go, look, go over to sit by the camera because then you can see the lighting. And I would get there, yeah. make a complete wally of myself. Yeah. But I'd say, look, they're like this or like that or lean this way or lean that way or look away and come back again, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I, all, we did all these shots and and uh, and it was great fun and i i learned the beauty of digital oh my goodness what it's, a riot it's amazing but what i love about these images is that like in the before shots that you know they look lovely but they're not alive 
You know, there's That's no, right. it's like it's, uh, they're switched off. They're not connected, yeah. the eyes, there's nobody home. And, um, mm. but they're uh, like, okay, portraits. But then when you compare them to uh, after you've worked with your models and really just brought out the joy and the personality in them, you bring these images to life. And it's like the images on the left, the before are flat to me mm. and that's not about the lighting it's the energy is flat but the the images the after shots are just so alive and so joyous and so uh confident everyone looks confident but not up themselves uh it's yeah. just like they yeah they're beautiful uh th and it's just proof that, that this stuff really works it's uh it's such a great connecting hack i mean i can't recommend your book enough it really is uh makes a, a huge difference uh to uh your portrait so um i thank I'm, you gina i love chatting with you today I mean, it's just a huge thrill uh for me so th thank you for can, your time it's been sorry, amazing can, 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 and i love your stories <laughs> Well, sorry, when I said yes, Gina, I wasn't saying that, get me out of here. No, I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm polite attempt at uh, interrupting. Is, and I just remembered something. The shots you see here, yes. I probably took 50 or 60 pictures of each of them. Right. Um, and these are probably numbers 58, 59, and 60. Because yep. all the shots before were crap. Okay? Right. It took them time to get there yes. where they felt beautiful and 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 it really that's a beautiful digital could grief no down the lab and cost a fortune but but it took them time this and the, the moment i got this we got it so just in case anyone's thinking oh my gosh all i've got to do is start clicking i'll get this no no i worked it went you worked from being it, work it work it work it and and it's <laughs> like i want to ask you because i noticed this when i shoot you're working you're working you're working you're changing you're connecting you're trying something and you work 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 and then you actually see it you see the yeah. moment they relax it's so busy and I, I even i actually say it to i said you just relaxed didn't you and they're like yeah yeah i feel different i'm like great let's keep going did, did yeah, you, yeah. and you know when you've got it like you just go that was it that was the one you just know it. you and it's not you feel it Everything changes. Yes. Their eyes change. Their, they, you know what? They just feel beautiful. And and uh, look, I'm talking right now about shooting people who are not models. None of these yes. are models. No. The professional professional model, it's completely a different way of dealing with them. You have to harness them, and you a they're working up by the hour, so you have also have to get them, you know, get them working rather than. One of the things I learned in New York was shooting. I used to go and shoot male, male fashions in New York. And, boy, the male models in New York, they know every joke you've ever heard. They can string out a shoot for four hours yeah. just by telling jokes, which are irresistible. And then you think, good grief, look at my model, Bill. And we only did nine shots of these guys. I got some great jokes, but it cost me a fortune. But these are not models. These yeah. people have never, never had, had anything like this done before. And, and so with them, it, there comes a point where they just feel beautiful yes they feel beautiful and something inside them comes out yep. it just comes through and you think i oh my god i it's like a love you know i've never yes. thought of this before but it's like yes. i look at these people now and i think at that moment i loved you and oh that's guys, so true women, i agree i yeah. agree a hundred percent because it is yeah. it is that intimate um a moment when you're when you're photographing someone and that moment yeah. when you're both there in the moment together and you have that connection and then and then you notice that energy that the the change in energy and they they they're alive and you you just look into their eyes and there's someone home and that that joy is there so um i think yeah, it's the it's moment when i think it's the moment when the spirit shines through the, the spirit shining in, yes. in these pictures yeah the spirit is shining through and and it's it's i guess in a way again i never thought about it you, you i'm probably talking in not in some creepy hippie way but i'm probably just evoking the spirit in them that the the pure spirit comes out they just there's a joy there's a, yeah. a, a when i say love i mean love in the nicest possible way you yeah. know and uh, and anyway that's and i think that those things are important and for that you don't need look i one light one yes. 
I had two lights, but one wouldn't work half the time because they'd yep. been lying around in the cupboard. But one lens, one camera, one light, one stool, one fan I pinched out of my daughter's room and yep. a bunch of clothes and none of them, except the one, the, the number two in on the top row, she came, she had her hair done. Uh, she's a realtor or something. So she had her hair done. The rest of them, it's elastic bands or, or clamps or rubber bands or I don't know what, or a fan. And, uh, you know, and that's all that's the, but that's what, you know, that's what these purists, when they were shooting on their, on their before digital, when it was, when we were either shooting on a Rolly or a Hasselblad, um, uh, you composed the picture yes. before you went click, yep. you know, film was expensive, <laughs> you know, you got, you actually worked, you let's do this, I'm not shooting it yet. Uh, right. Boom. We'll try that one. You know, with digital, you can blast your brains out. But I mean, uh, but even so, you're still working towards a, a shot which someone might just say, hey, Nick Luthman took that. I can tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And another thing I want to point out is that the when I look at the the after images is that when you, when you really break them down, that the simplicity of the image, it's like the first thing I'm noticing is the energy and that person and the personality but there is nothing else it's like you know a lot of portraits you see that the backgrounds are complicated there's there's complicated editing there's so much going on in the scene but then the person there in the shot is flat is flat you know yeah, but for yeah. this it's it's like yeah there's, there's nothing going on in the background it's a plain white or light gray background and it's all you make you make the person the hero of the shot. That's what stands out for me in these images. So yeah, that's a, yeah. A great. So so do check that out. I, I could I could chat to you all day, Nick. So I'm, I'm so pleased to chat to you. So thank you I'm so much. I'd love to get you back on again, and Anytime. we can uh, talk talk more. So yeah, I, I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for this amazing book, and thanks for your time today. Thanks, Gina, for a fabulous interview. Thank you. All right, fantastic interview with Nick Boothman. And, of course, you can check out the show notes at ginamilitia.com, but find out more about Nick at nicholasboothman.com and you can buy his books on Amazon. So we are at the end of this week's podcast and um, I'm a bit hot, Gina, so I've got to, like, Turn the aircon back on. Um, uh, where do we find you online? You can find me at ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm on all social media at ginamilitia. So stop by and say hello. And if you want, if you're not on social media, you can email me news at ginamilitia.com. And if you want to be mentored by me, then go and check out the gold community. So you can find that by going to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.